Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this edition of Tour Talk. What a week it was in Rochester, New York, Oak Kill Country Club and the PGA Championship. Uh, turned out to be an epic Sunday, uh, a duel down the stretch between Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, uh, Scotty Scheffler, nipping at their heels even though he didn't have his best stuff, and how about that hole-in-one on 15? It was an all-world four-pointer from half-court swish into the cup on Sunday. So much to talk about, and he was there. Every day, every step of the way, Bob Herrig from SI.com. Hey, Bob. Hello, how's it going? Well, uh, we saw four seasons <laughs> in Rochester <laughs> yeah. last week. Um, not something that surprises me, given that I'm a native. Uh, but let's start um, overall with uh, what what happened on Sunday and, and Brooks' big uh, comeback. Yeah, I mean, look, he um, he he shot 66 in, in the second and third rounds to overcome kind of a shaky start on Thursday when he shot 72, and he only made one birdie in that first round. Kind of amazing. Look back on that, and 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 didn't really have it. He was he was he was not great. wasn't wasn't putting well. But then on on, on Friday and Saturday, he matched the low round of each day which got him only a one-shot lead going into the final round over Hovland. And uh, I believe Scheffler is also only a shot back. Uh, and he never, despite, you know, a, a really good start and then a, a little bit of a blip, he was never tied during the final round uh, and got himself some breathing room a little there on the back when when Hovland was in the same bunker that Corey Connors was in on Saturday. Incredible. drilled it in. And drilled it into the into the lip or into the hill there, out of the bunker, needing to you know obviously needing a drop, but it led to a double bogey and it gave Brooks some breathing room. So you know, look, he's finished second at the Masters, first at the PGA. Uh, you know, I think you cannot overstate how big it is for a player to get to five major wins um, in this day and age. You know, <laughs> it's interesting to look back. Like, when was the last time a guy won five majors in his career? And it was Phil. Ten years ago at Muirfield, got to five. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's, he added a six two years ago. But before that, it was Tiger in 2000 at Pebble or at uh, at Valhalla when he won his third straight major in 2000. Uh, that was his fifth major overall. And since then, you know, only since Tiger, then Phil, only Brooks has gotten to five. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of a it's it's, a, it's an important milestone. It really breaks off from from there. You know, there's only 20 guys now with 20, with five majors or more, led by Jack, of course, with 18 and Tiger with 15. Um, and you know, there's really nobody on the horizon other than Rory, uh, maybe Spieth and Thomas, who who have a chance, you know, to get there anytime soon. Um, obviously, Rory can do it any any next major, but he's been trying for five years to get to five. That's the other interesting thing. Rory had four before we even knew who Brooks was. Right. You know, really. I mean, Brooks has Brooks has won all five since Rory won his fourth. And uh, so, you know, it's it's a, it's I think it's a monumental achievement. That's uh, you know that that 
we could probably argue whether or not it's whether it's been celebrated as much as it should be. Uh, but um, you know, that's it's incredible to get there, and and uh, you know, if he could get to six or boy, even seven. I mean, I'd have to really do some digging to find out the last time. So, you know, obviously the last time somebody got to seven would have been Tiger. But, I mean, even even before that, when's the last time somebody got to seven? Maybe Tom Watson? You know, I mean, it just goes back a long time. It's just rare air that he's, that he's found himself in now. You know, I was the one who asked that now infamous question in 2019 uh, at Beth Page, why he felt majors were the easiest to win and I think much to the surprise of the media in that moment he broke it down in quite a lot of detail to where he really feels there's only 10 or 12 guys in the end that he's got to really keep his eye on uh, to beat and you know it certainly seemed that he has this this way of you know, taking his game, his focus, his his mental uh, acuity to another level when he comes to the majors. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that's a, probably a pretty fair mindset to have. I, I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Jack and Tiger and 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 uh, you know Nick Faldo had had that same sort of mindset. I, I would get, I would argue it's probably more than twelve. But it's probably not more than 20. And the idea is is that the setups at majors are not so much that a guy can get hot with the putter. You know, it's just it, it requires so much more than that. It requires, you know, you, you better be hitting it solid. You don't, it's not a putting contest. I don't think Brooks is good in a putting contest. You know, he's, he's not good in those 20 under tournaments. Um, I, I try, you know, frankly, you know, like he's won two live events, but he's not been like a a weekly contender out there. Right. Some of those courses require you to, to shoot 66 every day, and I don't really think that's Brooks's thing. You know, 65, and I'm talking on a par 72 course. You know, shoot six or seven under. Um, so uh, there is something to that. Like in other words, he did not shoot himself out of the tournament by shooting 72 the first day. He was two over par, and he was still there. You know, he might have been a 10th or 12th place, but he had a decent round on Friday, and it got him right back in it. And I think that's his, his, his thing. I think, I think it's less likely that somebody who is off their game can get hot with the putter, less likely that somebody who's sort of out of nowhere comes and wins, although it happens. You know, we, we're on a run now at the, at the PGA going back to – you know, even Jimmy Walker in 2016 had been off a, a good stretch. But the year before that, it was uh, it was Jason Day. The year before that, it was Rory. Uh, you, you know, in other words, and then after and then after him, you had Justin Thomas. And in in 18, it was Brooks. And in 19, it was Brooks. 20 was Colin Morikawa, who had established himself as a pretty good player already. Uh, now has won two majors. My point is, is that you're not really seeing flukes winning at the PGA Championship, and and I think that fits into his mindset. Like I'm not a fluke. I'm going to be there if I just take care of business. And certainly, Oak Hill was an extremely difficult test, which again 
speaks to the importance of these iconic courses, Bob, being in the rotation of these major championships, don't you think? Sure does. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I thought the golf course held up really nicely. It, 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 all that rain we had on Saturday and there was no stoppage in play, which means, you know, the drainage is incredible for the amount of rain they got, and it still didn't play easy. You know, it was softer, but but the greens were still fast. The fairways were still firm. If you were in the rough, it was brutal. And, you know, the varying temperatures, I thought, actually added to it. You know, Sunday actually got nice. Saturday was cold. Thursday, we had a frost delay. It gave you a little bit of everything, and I think that's kind of neat for a major to have to have that varying um, you know, that those varying climates. I mean, if it were in August, it was going to be 85 every day. Chance of, rain, of of thunderstorms every day. While I understand that there are some, you know, negatives to being in the spring and probably some positives to being in August, it sure seemed like there was a lot of August PGAs where they had a lot of rain, a lot of delays, um, you know, just extreme heat. And, um, you know, there's only so many places you can go that don't offer that. So um, I thought it worked out great, you know, and, uh, and, and I think it probably will mean that they'll take a chance on no-kill again in the future. And how about those wall-to-wall fans on Saturday, Bob? They are not a faint of heart in Rochester. No, that would have been an easy day to sit it out. And uh, they were out there in full force <laughs> despite the bad weather. Yeah. Your thoughts on Victor Hovland, so close. Certainly has greatly improved his short game. A bad luck on 16, right, landed in that bunker. But he had a couple of chances. He just never could jump ahead of Brooks. He bogeyed number seven where he had a shot, I think, at a three-shot three swing there. What's what's it going to take? He seems to be knocking on the door. Yeah, I think that's the good part of it. It's three straight top tens and majors. Um, and in and around the lead is only going to help him the next time. Um, you know, and he admitted afterward, look, it's tough playing with and going going against a guy like Brooks. It's really tough. You know, I, I think this only helps him, though. I think Victor probably needs to start winning a little bit more regularly anyway. Yeah, his, you know, his wins have not exactly been in the highest profile events. No, they've not. He did win in Dubai last year on the European Tour, but he's not been, you know, his his his, uh, his his U.S. wins have been kind of, you know, smaller events. And uh, I think you just, you know, keep putting yourself there because we all sort of believe him to be a world-class player, and he doesn't have quite have the wins yet to back it up, but I think he's going to get there. So... Of course, the other big story was the Cinderella story of Michael Block. And if my listeners haven't heard that name, he was the PGA professional that became the uh, not only media darling, but the fan favorite in some ways uh, over the weekend at the PGA. Really remarkable. Uh, You know, he's a PGA club professional works at a public course out in California, and tied for 15th. A pretty, pretty amazing story on top of the he- hello hole-in-one on number 15 on Sunday, as Jim Nance called it, pure magic. 
Yeah, exactly. It was, and um, it's uh, it's an amazing accomplishment to to not only make the cut for PGA Pro, but to you know to sort of be in the mix. You know, he started the he started the final round even par, and I believe Brooks was five under. Brooks finished at nine, I think, and he shot sixty seven. So he must have been six to start the day. You know, in other words, he was you know five or six back. He was in contention. Yeah, and and he didn't get off to a great start. He bogeyed the first hole. You know, he didn't make a his first under par score was the eighth. I, I don't think he made it. I don't think he made a um, a birdie. He was two over, and he made the, he made the the ace, which got him to even. And then I believe he bogeyed sixteen right after, but made two incredible pars on seventeen and eighteen. I mean, he missed the fairway on seventeen. He had a layup. He hit it, knocked it in there at about eight feet, made it. And the up and down on eighteen was just remarkable. It was a great golf by that guy. He played with Rory. Um, what an experience. You know, he's gotten a sponsor's exemption now this week in the Canadian Open. He'll be back in the PGA next year. You know, he, he, he really showed some game. And now I just hope <laughs> I just hope we don't ruin this story. You know, like, let's not overexpose him. Let's not, you know, he's been doing a lot of media. It's I, I just cringe a little bit at some of it. It's like, be careful now. Stay humble. You know, enjoy this. Um, and 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 then take it from there. I uh, couldn't agree more. So you segued right into the Colonial. Uh, Jordan Spieth will be teeing it up. Uh, we learned that Jordan Jordan's wrist injury happened off the course, apparently when he was uh, playing with his young son. Yeah, which I guess is good. I mean, it, that it wasn't a golf injury, um, and he. He kind of, uh, uh, you know, took it. He was careful last week, um, and that uh, that was smart, you know. And and but yet was was good enough to make the cut on the number and do some things. And you know, he's got this week. I have a. Few, I think he's playing Memorial too, so it's a busy time. And um, uh, we'll see how uh, we'll see how he fares because you know it's unfortunate that he wasn't at his best. Because I think he really could have could have been in there last week if he was. He'd been playing pretty well, except for Quail Hollow. I, I think we expect we expect uh, Jordan to be up there a little bit more often and winning again. Um, were you surprised about John Rahm? Um, you know, yes and no. I mean, uh, I thought early. You know, I thought he was a lock to be a, a to be in contention. Yeah, I just thought that absolutely he would be there. He's been playing so well, but you know, this is golf. You don't have it every week, and and uh, he clearly got frustrated, uh, had a bad stretch on Friday, and um, it can happen. You know, so uh, just like that, he lost his world number one ranking, then back to Scheffler, and uh, so. Yeah, you know, look, I, I like Rom a lot at the U.S. Open, so I, I we'll see. You know, we'll see. Ne- obviously, next week at the Memorial, where he won one year and should have won the next. It's obviously a golf course that he likes, so we'll see if he gets back on track. Scotty, really not having uh, his best couple of days with the flat stick, still ends up tied for second in the end. Yeah, I mean his his uh, 
his Saturday start doomed him. You know, he just had a bad front nine on Saturday and got too far behind, and that you know it ends up shooting 65, which is pretty darn good. But it was just too much. You know, he it was a lot to ask a guy to shoot 64 or three on that course. You know, and 65 was was matched the lowest score of the week, only shot on Sunday. So um, yeah, it was a um, um, you know another example of how you know it, it, it can get away from you pretty quickly. But I don't know that anybody's too worried about Sheffler. He's been playing some great golf. Yeah, he sure has, and he will also be teeing it up this week at uh, Colonial, along with uh, his other pal from from Texas, Sam Burns, and. You know, it's it's got a decent field coming off the PGA Championship. Justin Rose is playing. Um, Tommy Fleetwood. Anybody on your radar? Yeah, I think they have 11 of the top 30. And uh, that's a good field for, for in between a major and the memorial, which is going to get most of the top guys. So, I mean, good for them. I, I, there's been some concern about some of these tournaments not getting good fields. And, uh, you know, I kind of like a guy like Ryan Palmer, who had a good Texas guy, had a good Dallas two weeks ago, was in contention, um, back back again this week. I kind of like a a guy a little off the radar like that who uh, has a lot of experience around there. You mentioned Jimmy Walker. He's he's playing, and um, his game seems to be coming around a little bit. and uh, Victor Hovland is in the field, Tony Finau. So uh, this this could be a, a fun one to watch over the weekend. So who's your who's your pick, Bob? I'm going to have you throw your dart. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to go with Ryan Palmer. I kind of like kind of like the idea of him. Uh, you know, I didn't, didn't play last week and and has a, has a has a little bit of little bit of rest and can uh, you know can can probably contend again, I think. So I'm, I'm going a little off the beaten path there. But um, like you said, it's a good field, a lot of good guys. Sam Burns, the defending champion. Scheffler lost in the playoff to Burns last year. It's a, you know, it's a tournament Scheffler would dearly love to have too. So um, we're, we're kind of in a good run of golf here. We've got a lot of good tournaments again. This one, next week, Memorial. Canadian Open's always good. Uh, then the U.S. Open. So, you know, we've got a, a strong run of golf coming up. Yep, and it's a... Uh... Going to be on the West Coast at L.A. Country Club. Golf's longest day, June the 5th, to see who ends up qualifying. And we'll also be keeping our eyes on Michael Block. Well, always, Bob, appreciate your time. Get some rest, my friend, over this Memorial Day weekend. And to uh, all my listeners, uh, get out there and play some golf. I hope to, too. Thanks so much, Bob.